please to Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15. As we continue our shout out Bible study tonight. And tonight we're going to be looking at a very familiar story, a very familiar passage of scripture. Um, probably one of the most um, well-known passages of scripture to have to talk about family. And that's what we've been looking at for the past couple of weeks. We've been diving into family. We've been diving into marriage. And um, to kind of uh, recap for a moment, kind of get you back up to where we are now, our first Bible study, we talked about the broken family. And um, we talked about Adam and Eve. And in order to uh, fix your family, in order to fix your marriage, or your relationship, you got to first acknowledge that it's broken. And, and you can't fix anything until you first acknowledge that it's broken. And so we talked about Adam and Eve and how they were broken and, and how they were deceived and how they fell into sin and sin entered into the world. And, and we talked about several different things from that story. And then secondly, we talked about uh, the blessed marriage, what God sees as a blessed marriage and we talked about um how god how important god looks at marriage and you know statistically we said that you know 83 percent of americans back in 1939 were married well today only 49.7 percent of american adults are married so almost cut in half that people today think it's more beneficial to just not get married because they can um, live better. And but God, uh, we talked about how God uh, put such an emphasis on on marriage, and we talked about how the Sadducees and the Pharisees kind of shoved their foot in their mouths when they come to Jesus, trying to question him, and basically trying to throw him under the bus. But Jesus came back at him and quoted what the Scripture says, and so we talked about the importance of marriage. So tonight we're going to look at from broken to blessed. From broken to blessed. And Luke chapter 15, and beginning verse 12, just one passage of scripture, but if you want to keep it open, we're going to keep coming back to Luke chapter 15. Uh, Luke chapter 15, verse 12, the Bible says, And the younger of them said to his father, and this is talking about the prodigal son. We've all heard this story. And it's, like I said, it's a very well-known story to have to talk about family. That's what we're talking about tonight. So, and the younger said unto them, to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. So tonight, I'm going to share with you four things that we all go through. We all go through these four things. And number one is the give me stage. The give me stage. And the first two, all of them have to do with me. All four points have to do with me. The first two points that we're going to talk about tonight is a state of immaturity. The state of immaturity. The first stage we always come to, we all start at, is the give me stage. And we as parents, you know, those that have raised children in the home, grandchildren, children, whichever, um, how many can look back and remember our little ones? Remember my daughter, even my son now. That they are, or my daughter was in the gaming station, not now. Um, but my son, 
He's in the give me stage. And it's like they want, they want, they want. It's like give me, give me, give me, give me. And honestly, we all start back in the spiritual side. When we all become born-again Christians, we're babies in Christ. And so being babies in Christ, we are still in that, that infant stage or that new birth stage. And we're in that gimme, gimme, gimme stage. And we are that naturally and we are spiritually. And when we all get saved, we are all saved in what is called the selfish, selfish state. How many think, or think back just for a moment when you accepted Jesus Christ. You did not just wake up one day and say, I'm going to serve God today. I'm going to get saved. Now, be honest with yourself. You did not do that. I know I didn't. What I mean by selfish state is that when we become Christians or when we accept Jesus Christ in our, our hearts, it's normally in a time when we are in a crisis or, or we're in such a mess that we can't get ourselves out of it. And so then we call upon God and say, God, I want to accept you into my heart. I want to accept you into my life. Become my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Basically what we're saying is we're coming to my life and fix the mess that I've messed up. And that's our selfish state. Not to do something, we do it not to do something for God at, at the time, but we're doing it because we want God to do something for us. And then marriage starts in the give me state. Now again, we're talking about marriage, talking about family. Marriage starts in that give me stage. Husbands have uh, needs that they want their wives to meet, and wives have needs that the husbands are supposed to meet. And so, therefore, I have to give my wife the things she needs, and she needs to give me the things that I need. It's vice versa. We both have needs that both of us have to be there for. And, but there's also needs in a marriage. There's going to be needs that my wife has that I can't fulfill. There's going to be needs I have that she can't fulfill. And you say, what are you talking about? There's needs that sometimes one of the two of us, only God can fill. There's sometimes a deep desire and a deep hunger and a deep longing and a deep need that she may have that I can't fulfill. But it's in my position as the husband and as the head of the house to make sure I push her to get that need fulfilled. Because even though we're both on the right track, if I'm not there providing her spiritual needs, her physical needs, her financial needs, her emotional needs, guess what? If I don't drive her to get that fulfillment needed by God, as the spiritual head of the house, and guess what? She's going to get it somewhere else. So therefore, it's in our position to buy, uh, both work this thing together. <laughs> and so Matthew 26 and 15, talking about Judas, and said unto him, what will you give me? So therefore, he's that give me stage. What will you give me? And I will deliver him unto you. And they covenant with him for 30 pieces of silk. So immature we are in the give me stage. It's like, Lord, give me, give me, give me. I need this. I need this from you. And also, that's the first stage we are all in. We all start there. And some of us may be still there in that stage. And then secondly, not only are we in the give me stage, but secondly, we're in the use me stage. 
And what I mean by used mean, I'm not talking about in a, in a godly way. I'm talking about in an immature way. Like we said on the first uh, Bible study we had, talking about Adam and Eve, broken home, broken marriage, broken family. Remember we said they wanted fame. The shame, the blame, the fame were the three things we talked about in the first one. The shame was sitting in the world. Uh, blame, how Adam and Eve blamed each other for the sin that they committed. And they blamed God. And so let's blame it. And then third, we talked about fame was not in a godly way what would be famous, well known. It was fame meaning here, like here, use me, meaning I want to be used to be seen. It's what can I do, not for God and for his glory, but what can I do to be seen? I remember when I first got saved, I was, um, let me back up. When I rededicated my life back to the Lord, I was immature spiritually. I had not grown maturely spiritually. And so coming into this church at the age of 16 years old, this whole Pentecost, Holy Ghost, tongue talking, aisle running, pew jumping, devil spitting, all that was all brand new to me. And, and anybody here that knows me can testify, it scared the living mess out of me. But I was curious. I got more and more curious about what I was seeing. And so it drew me in to where I was at the point where I got no more. I got no more. And I was into a point to where, again, I was in spiritual immaturity. Um, I wanted certain gifts from God to be used. And I felt like, well, if I can do this, they may think of me like this. Well, if I can do this, they may see me more this and more this. I was doing it all wrong. But then I had to grow into this. And so it's like we want to have those things to where we want to be seen. And so we go, we say to give me out of uh, selfishness, and we say use me out of selfish ambition, out of meaning works or doing. Well, look at Philippians 2 and 3. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or consent, but in lowliness, being humbleness of, of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. So anytime the Bible uses the word ambition, it's mentioned seven times in the New Testament. So anytime the Bible mentions ambition, it's always, um, um, well, according to the Bible, let me back up for a minute, I'm a little ahead of myself. You may say, well, ambition is good. Good ambition is good. It's good to have ambition. But I will say this, not according to the Bible. According to Scripture, any ambition is wrong. You know, they don't make sense. They don't, make, they don't sound right. Well, what is the definition of ambition? The uh, definition of ambition is self-seeking, self-promoting. And so you and I all know that anything we do in Christ, in the church, in the body of Christ, that we don't do it for self-seeking or self-promoting. We all do it for the glory of the kingdom and the glory of him. So God does look, looks at ambition and throughout any ambition as wrong or as not good. But look at Acts 8, 19 saying, here it is again. Give me, he's in the give me stage. Also, this power, talking about Simon. Give me also this power that on whomsoever I lay hands. So, therefore, he's in the give me stage. And now he's in the use me stage, all in the same conversation, the same verse. Give me also this power that on whosoever I lay hands, means I want to be seen, he may receive the Holy Ghost. He is saying, Give me something I don't have so I can look good. He had, he had, he had ambition. 
He was self-seeking. He was self-promoting. He wanted to say, oh, God, I want you to give me something I don't have because I'm really not in the right place to receive what you have for me. But if you just go ahead and give me that what I need, then I may lay hands on this person and that way they receive from you, but yet I get the glory for it. So, therefore, we are in the give me stage. Then we go to the using stage. We get what we need. Then we want to use it to be used by God only to self-glorify ourselves. So in marriage, give me something so I can feel good about myself. We've all been there in our relationships. My wife will come to me and say, um, I need more time with you because we stay so busy. You know, it's like, hey, let's run here, let's run here, let's run here. Or let's do this, let's just do this. I need more time with you. And that's very important. Time with your spouse is very important. And so, therefore, she, she's... In the you know in the sense give me I need I need and it's not that I'm saying she's immature by or in the immature state but she's saying give me I'm in need of this from you and then but here's the bad thing that we go from this give me stage from our spouses and then we're in the broken stage because we go from give me give me give me and then what happens is is that give me doesn't work. <coughs> It eventually goes into you're not giving me what I need. So I'm going to go from the give me state to the doing state. And see, anytime we go from give me to the doing state, normally, not all the time, but a lot of times, that's where divorce comes into place. Because now it's you're not fulfilling what I need from you. My happiness is not fulfilled. I'm, I'm not spiritually where I want to be. In my mind, I'm not where I need to be. You're not fulfilling my needs. You won't give me happiness like, you know, we're supposed to, I'm supposed to make sure she's the happiest woman on earth. And she's the most well taken care of woman on this earth. Not only her, but my family as well. So therefore, she goes and says, you know, I'm going because you're not fulfilling my needs, so I'm going for the give me to the do but here's the point. Here's the catchy part. When the spouse, man or wife, goes from the give me, it's not there, to the doing, they go not to do something, they go do someone. There's where divorce comes into play. There's where the, the crutch, there's where the wedge begins to be driven into the marriage. But really, if God was the center of the home, they would know that the only person they can get anything from is him. He's the fulfiller. He's the, the peace giver. He is the uh, peace sustainer. That when we, if, if, for, I'm going to put myself out there. If I'm not fulfilling what my wife needs, if my wife was centered in where she needs to be with Christ, she would know to go to her bedroom and pray that heaven fall down on her husband. God save him or take him out of this world. Yes, Jesus. Give him the give him the wisdom. Give him the knowledge. I need this from my husband. Then she puts it into God's hands mm -hmm. instead of doing the first thing. A lot of Americans or a lot of uh, people in today's society they do is they run strap door. Well, she not do it. She I, I'm gonna go find something else. And but listen to this. I'm gonna shock you with this next thing. Listen very carefully. In Luke fifteen and thirteen. 
And not many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance in right, righteous living, man, sexual <coughs> immorality. He was in a life of pure sin. The younger son. Now, here's the thing. Here, I'm going to get you right here. God did not create marriage. Listen very carefully. You don't think I'm preaching a different doctrine. So just hear me out. God did not create marriage to make you happy. And you might think, well, <laughs> it's working. <laughs> Some of y'all get that on the way home. Um, God did not create marriage to make you happy. God created marriage. Here's the catchy part. God created marriage to kill you. And you might think, huh, that's working too. <laughs> it's a slow death, but it's working. <laughs> so you may think, okay, where are you going with this? God did not create marriage to make me happy, and God created marriage to kill me. Well, God created marriage to kill you because he has to do something to kill that selfness in you. Because in marriage, it's not about you. It's about us. And so if you look back at Adam and Eve, uh, if Adam stayed single his whole life, he will be the most selfish person on, on the face of the earth. Because he ain't got to share his emotions. He ain't got to share his, his uh, thoughts. He ain't got to share all the food. He ain't got to share nothing. All he had what belonged to Adam. It's mine, mine, mine. And God knew that. And God said, I've got to fix this. So what did he do? He sent him a help me. And not only did he send him a help me, he said, I'm going to really drive this thing. I'm going to send him some, someone that's completely different from him. I'm going to send him a woman. And if that don't drive it out of him, and if the woman can't uh, put down her selfishness, and Adam can't put down his selfishness, I'm gonna make it even. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do something even greater. I'm gonna send them kids to top it all off. <laughs> because when you're in a relationship, listen to me. When you're in a relationship, it's not about me. Even though we find ourselves in that time, it's about me. It's about me, or it's about her. It's about, always about her, always about her. No, 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 no. It's about us. Right. Us together. We are one. Right. How can I say it's all about her or it's all about me? How can you say it when we're created one? God joined us together as one. So, immaturely, we're in the give me stage. <clears throat> Secondly, we're in the use me stage, but not in a good way. We're talking about immature. I want to be seen. Everybody look at me. I can do this. Praise God. We're in the use me stage. Now let's step into maturity. Now we're growing up a little bit. Now we've got a little age on us. Now we've been serving God for a little bit. Now we're stepping into the search me. Search me. Luke 15, 17. And when he came to himself, I saw I want you to read out that scripture. That's the point I want to bring out. And when he came to himself, after the prodigal son, after he's done left home, Done all his wild oaks, sold all his wild seeds. When he says, and when it came, when he came to himself, basically what he was saying is, when I finally said, "Search me, God." When I finally said, "Okay, search me, Lord." When he finally came to his senses, look at Psalms one thirty nine. You don't have to turn there. 
Psalms 139, 23 and 24, a very well-known passage scripture. You probably quote it without me uh, reading it. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Now that sounds like coming from somebody that's mature in Christ. And saying, Lord, search my heart. Search my mind. Search my spirit. Lord, if there's anything wicked in me, Lord, find it and get it out of me. That sounds like somebody that's mature. Not somebody whining, give me, or, or use me, oh God, for I could be self-edified, but search my heart, oh God. Search my heart. And where I'm going with that part, let's, let's make that relevant to marriage or family. Oh, Lord, I'm just getting some trouble waters. Lord, help me. All right, so have you ever been in a time or a place to where it seemed like you walk in the house and it's like you look at your wife and you think, my God, what's wrong with that woman? It's like everything she says is just drives you nuts and everything she does just drives you crazy. And it's like, what is wrong with her? I'm about to pull my hairs out. I've got three more gray hairs since yesterday. You got a patch right here. I don't see what I'm talking about. <laughs> so, and then, look, all right, let's go to the men. And so the women's like, and they're looking at the, the husband. It's like everything we do, if he don't stop doing this, and it's like everything they do. Why is he being like this? Why is he doing this? I done told him to quit doing this, but he just keeps on and on. What is wrong with him? Praise the Lord. Now look. We're, we've matured now. I told you I was going to step in some troubled waters. Now look, we got to step out of two immaturities. We're trying to grow up, grow up here. Uh -huh. Alright. So, what are you trying to say? Instead of saying, what is wrong with you? Why do you keep doing this? Mm -hmm. Why I done, I done told you to quit doing this. You keep doing it anyway. Instead of saying, why are you giving you? Instead of saying, hey, I've grown up since I have matured since then. Instead of saying, what's wrong with her? Say, God, what's wrong with me? You not ever think the reason your wife, your spouse, your significant other, you not think the reason she's like she is is because of you? Mm. Mm, I just walked on some toes. I can shut the book up and go home. Seriously. I mean, now don't you go home and, say, and get on an argument and say, Pastor started it. <laughs> oh, Lord, it's like, hey, we get afraid tonight. <laughs> yeah. She's still smiling. <laughs> so, what I'm trying to say is think for a minute. Grow up. Mm. You've been married how long? Grow up. Instead of saying, you, 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 if you see it, just say, hey, what's wrong with me? Yeah, have some patience. Stay Yes. Huh? I'm very impatient. And so a lot of her nerves okay. are being worked. Her nerves are being worked because of me. I think it's her. Yeah, pray for patience. Because I'm I'm very impatient. I'm I, I, it's just I'm y'all pray for me. <laughs> so therefore, it's fix yourself. Search me, oh God, and it's time to fix yourself. Grow up and let's all mature in our relationship, in our marriage, in our homes, in our families, with kids, grandkids, whatever it may be. Sometimes the reason people are like they are is because you give off the bad vibe. You are the one that gives off the bad vibe. Uh -huh. 
and we're in, in considerate of other people's feelings, it's always, again, the give me, the use me. We're all in our own little world, and we say, what's wrong with that woman? And it's like, dude, it's you. Or honey, it's you. So fix, because listen to me, you are not responsible for others, but you are responsible for what you do. What you do. I can't vouch for what she does, but I can vouch for what I do. And if what I do affects her, then what I need to do is fix me. So that's the search me stage. We're now we're getting mature. We're growing up now. Now, fourthly and lastly, we're in the make me. Go ahead. Two three-year-olds sitting in the floor. You got a hundred toys in the middle of the floor. That one kid picks up that one toy out of the ninety-nine other toys that are in that floor. That one kid, my, my son, um, of course, he's the only baby in the house, so he don't think he has to share. Well, when his uh, little cousin, his Elsie, little cousin comes Elsie comes over, he thinks everything she touches is mine. Mm-hmm. Now listen to me. So if there are two three-year-olds in the floor and they're playing with a hundred toys and the one grabs that one, the other kid's got 99 other toys. But the one they pick up is the one they want. And so he gets mad, he stomps, he throws a fit and goes over and tries to take that one toy from that one and the other one hauls off and knocks the smile out of the other And he's thinking, why did you hit me? Well, you try to take my toy. And that's the same thing with marriage. It's the same thing with relationships. It's what I do affects what you do back to me. If I am where I need to be, if I pray God search me, make my heart right, lead me and direct me and guide me through my marriage, my relationship, and use me, not for fame, but use me for your glory. That way my marriage can glorify you to others. But I'm not going to do that if I can't get out of my own mentality, my own selfish ways. If I'm always worried about number one, what is my need, what I want, is all about me. If I want to go out and spend that money, I will spend every dollar. And I don't care what you want. It's my money I work for. No, sir. No, ma'am. We are together as one. And so, therefore, we have to be in unity together. Sometimes what we do to others is not because of what they are or or what they do. It's because of what we do. And so we need all these things. Search my heart, Lord. Search my heart. Not only does that work in in, in relationships, marriage, but it also works in you and your own relationship with God. I'm trying to hit everybody here tonight. You may say, well, I'm not married. I'm not in a relationship. I'm single. I'm a widow. It doesn't matter. Search my heart, O God, that I may not be selfish in my ways, old, set in my ways, that I may be always used to glorify you, and that I won't be ill towards somebody else because I'm not in the place I need to be. 
then we all need to be asking and praying, God, search my heart. Lord, lead me and guide me. The steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. But fourthly, there's not a step of maturity. Make me. What do you mean make me? Make me what? Make me a vessel. Make me a servant that I may be used by you to glorify you. Luke 15, 19. And, and no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me, there it is, make me as one of thy hired servants. In your own walk with Christ or your relationship or any, anything, do you ever pray that Lord? Make me a servant. Make me a vessel that I may be glorified by you. You may say, well, I didn't go out and, and do the things prodigal son did. I didn't do those things. I didn't go out and uh, uh, involve myself in sexual immorality. I didn't go out and do these crazy things like the prodigal son. I didn't do all this, but hold on now. You got to think. There was two sons. Not one, but two. We're talking about the younger one. What about the older one? The older, uh, the older son, he never left home. You know what? The same attitude the younger son had the older son had the same attitude. He had the the use me. He had the he had the um, he had all the immature uh, use me and all that. He had all those same characteristics. Look at Luke fifteen twenty nine, and I, I'll, I'm referencing the verse twenty nine out of the New King James because I just like the wording better. Same context, same meaning. I like the wording just a little better. And Luke 15, 29, so he answered and said to his father, this is the older one talking, Lo, these many years I have been serving you. He said, oh, look, I've been serving you for all these years. I have never transgressed your commandments at any time. And yet, and yet, you never gave me, there's a gift that gave me stage. So that tells you right there, the older son's still immature. He's in the he's still in the gave me stage. You never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my children. The older son was still in the give me stage. He was still immature, and he never left the house. Now, what are you trying to say? Look what the father said to him in Luke 15, 31. This is the father talking. Now, think of this. Before I read this, get your spiritual cap on, Okay? Don't look at it as the prophet's son's father. Think spiritually. Luke 15, 31. And he said unto me, Son, thou art ever with me. All that I have is thine with you. And when you're with me, everything I have is yours. Now, don't that sound like our heavenly father? Uh-huh. <coughs> what is a, what, okay, so what are you saying? What does this make me, what does this make me, uh, maturity state. What are, you, what are you trying to say? Sum this up. Make sense of it. What I'm trying to say is it's not so much when we, when we finally come into that, that level of maturity. It's not what you can give me what I can use for. It's, it's make me God to be a humble servant before you. And it's not so much of us praying, God, I need this. I want this. I want to do this. It's not what God can give you. It's him being with you is the level of maturity that we all need to be. 
Because what God is trying to show us, what God is trying to teach us, is not what I can give you. Because if you understand the fact that if you're with me, you have everything. Because you are in me. And if you're in a relationship with Christ, everything that he owns belongs to us. We have the inheritance of the Father. He owns all the cattle. He owns all the silver and all the gold. He owns it all. And therefore, if you just if we all reach that level of maturity and quit thinking so much of give me, use me, and to more of search me, God, and make me a humble servant, then you can take and go from broken to being blessed. If you step out of the immature and watch this. You may have been here before. We haven't maybe got ourselves to the make me, the number four, the make me stage. We mature. We're praying, God, search me, use me to glorify you and make me a humble servant and a vessel for the kingdom. And then we find ourselves fall back to number one. We find ourselves, God, give me, give me, give me. And don't misunderstand what I'm trying to say. It's not that I'm trying to say it's wrong for us to ask. The Bible and Scripture says, Act it shall be given to you. What I'm trying to say is, is the give me stage to where we ask and ask and ask, Lord, give me, give me, give me, give me. So, to sum it all up, when in the New Testament, the word blessed means happy. In the Greek, blessed means happy. Um, but some people feel guilty when God blesses them. They feel guilty. They feel guilty to receive something from God. And the reason they feel guilty is because they come from such brokenness. But God's saying, abide in me, and I'll abide in you. If you abide in me, all that I have belongs to you. And so I hope this uh, lesson has um, encouraged you and want to draw you closer. That's, that's all this is for. Because like I said from the, when we started this thing, the home, the family, the children, and all that right now is getting hit harder than ever before. Because Satan knows two together is stronger than two separated. So he's trying to split up everything. And so here's a couple questions. Like I said, no right or wrong answer. This is all just what you think, how you feel. So number one, what does having or what does having a give me attitude look like for a child? And how does that compare to a give me attitude in an adult? How are they the same? So what does having a give me attitude look for, look like for a child? And how does that compare to give me attitude in an adult? Anybody? Want to throw something out there? Give me, um, like we said before, the give me attitude is is something that we all want our children to grow out of. It's something that, ch that children do. It's like give me, give me, give me because it's like I can't do it for myself. Because I need you to get it for me. And when we get as grown adults, it's like give me, give me, give me because I don't want to do what I need to do to get what I need. So I'm in a give me uh, state. And number two, often, as believers, we are told that saying, Lord, use me, is a good thing. But 
why does it seem like it's less mature response? What surprised you the most about the perspective that the Lord used me? And see, again, um, it's a level of maturity because when you go from that give me state um, and then you go to use me, it's like, like Simon, he's, like, he's wanting the power of God to be used by God only to be self-edified. Uh, and see, we all need to remember that anytime we use the, um, the power of God, it's not to glorify us, it's to glorify the kingdom. And so when we say use me, it's, it's I want to be seen. And God does not get glory from that. He does not. And so therefore, that's another level of maturity. And number three, what have you been taught in the past about being used by God? What have you been taught about being used by God? Well, when I've been taught about being used by God, being used by God, men uh, do things, again, in a more mature state, do things to glorify God, to be used by God. I'm being used now to minister his word, to bless the congregation. I get, I'm get. i being used to preach Sunday morning to edify the body of Christ. My wife is being used to glorify him through song and through worship. That is the mature being used. Being the immature is being used to uh, be self-edified. And lastly, uh, when we read uh, Psalms 139, 23 and 24, this is David talking. Why is David's praying, God search me? And why does that mean for us as believers? What does that mean for us when you pray, God search me? What are you saying? What are you saying, God search me? Look into your heart. Yes. Look into your heart. Because when you say search me, you're, you're, you find yourself in a place where something's not right. Something ain't added up. I'm in a place where I may not need to be. And so I'm asking God that you search me. What would searching your heart look like in your life? What is the difference between a relationship with God based on the give me level versus the make me level? So going from give me to make me. Give me, you're acting as a child. You might be 45. And you may still have the attributes and the characteristics of a child. Spirit. And the give me state, again, is God give me. Give me because I don't know how to get it myself. We're immature. To the make me say, when we fully mature in saying, God, search me, make me a humble servant, and God, use me for your glory, and use, use me for your kingdom. And so that's our Bible study tonight. And so, are there anybody want to add anything, got anything, uh, some stories, or anything you want to shout out about your uh, relationship? Anyone? Did she? I think I remember hearing her saying that. Yes, she sang. Yes. Let me just say that I was married the longest. Daddy for 44 years before he passed away. And let me tell you, marriage is not just a bed of roses. It's not happy, happy all the time.
servant Christ in living for him, draw their bones together closer as one, the way we should be. And when you are married, you become one. And when that person, your spouse, that other person, your, the one you love is hurting, that love you have, if you have the love like Christ in you like you should have, you're going to hurt. When that person's hurting, you're going to hurt. That's right. when, when they're in trouble, you're going to give everything you can to try to help them out of there and lift them up. <clears throat> but the world, see, if they don't know the Lord and they don't have Christ in them, they're going to get out there and they're going to run wild. They're going to use all that anger and fear to do anything they're feeding up to do, anything that, you know, they have no conscience. They don't have the Lord, so nothing bothers them. But once Christ comes in you, let me feed you something. He's going to knock on that door when you're doing something you shouldn't. It may not be big. It could be a little bitty thing, a little bitty thing. But he's going to knock on your heart, and he's going to let you know. And you need to meet these two right there, because if you don't, it's going to just keep building to get out of it. But love is beautiful. Marriage is beautiful, but you've got to work at it. You don't just do it and think it's going to be a better road. <laughs> you've got to work at it. That's right. That's all I got to say. That's things I want to add real quick. Um, talk about the, the immature side of um, like I was using um, uh, two little kid you know, illustration a while ago. You know, when we act like children and when somebody does something to me, you know, we're supposed to pray for them and we're praying, God, did you not see what they did to me? Did you not see? Did you not hear what they did to me, God looked at, looks at us and says, I didn't hear it. I was looking at you. Uh -huh. I'm looking at you and see your reaction. Uh -huh. I'll get to them later. I'm looking at you. 
Because we're acting like children. When it wasn't really their fault, it was the way you reacted to it. It was your action. God said, I'm looking at you. And then also, um, when I was talking about search me, um, the, uh, stepping in maturity, here's one reason, I'm, and I will say this, my wife and I have been married 17 years. I know that's not a lot to some of y'all. Um, but for us, that's an accomplishment. That's a set thing. Because then, you know, being married to each other, you know, and holding each other and being so young, you don't hear about that much anymore. You know, and, it, and people are like, um, how long have you been married? 17. Huh? 17? You look 17. How old are you? <laughs> you know, and stuff. And yeah. I'm like, you never been with nobody else? I'm like, nope. I said, she's my one and only. And they look at me like I'm crazy. I'm like, you just don't hear that no more. And what I'm trying to say is, is to search me, um, you know, there was a time in my wife and I, in our marriage, like, you know, such a time before we a hundred times, I'll never be too proud to share my, my battles and trials, but hope my battles and trials lift you and encourage you. So, um, there's a time that, I'm gonna try, I'm gonna tell you this, in order to really step into the mature state, is finding happiness in within yourself. If you're never happy with yourself, I don't care what you do, what level you think you're going, you'll never make it until you first find true happiness and true joy within yourself. Because if you don't, everybody else is going to pay for it. So what I'm trying to say is, there was a time in my life I was not happy with myself. I felt like I should have been so much further and progressed in Christ. I wasn't. And so, and it wasn't nobody's fault, and I blame God every day for it. It was not his fault, it was my fault. And I was playing the blame game, and I was taken out of my family because I, I wasn't happy with myself. I wasn't, I didn't have that true joy in my heart. And so basically, the, the outcome of it, I put her through hell for it. I mean, literally, hell on earth was what she went through. Because I, it wasn't what she done, even though I blamed her for every bit of it. But it was, hey, God, search me. Because it wasn't her, it was me. And again, she had every right to leave me. Because I was like, literally, I was putting her through hell and high waters. And, and what I wanted to say is when you search me, here's, here's the reason I feel like in my heart, here's the reason why I didn't pray, search my heart, oh God. And why a lot of people don't pray, search my heart, oh God, is because when you go searching, you go find it. And a lot of people don't know what's there, but they don't want to find it. They don't want to, they will keep it covered. They don't, they don't want to change it, really. They don't want to change it because they done felt they done found themselves. I done got comfortable in my anger. I done got comfortable in my short fuse, in my uh impatience. And I, I've done found my my comfort zone. And I didn't pray God search me because I was comfortable. Because I knew what was there. I didn't want to confront what was in my heart. And God said, okay, big boy, I got you. And literally, God broke me from it. He broke me so bad that one night during service, we had one of those uh, you know, spirit-filled services, and God broke me. And she went with me, even though she wasn't the fault, it was me. She was still my rock. And we both went to the altar. We both cried out. God broke me back humble again for him. 
And so search my heart and I, you know, I hope this message encouraged you and, and brings you closer, not only in a relationship that you're in, but the relationship with you between you and God, that it draws closer and more and more. So I hope this encouraged you and let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the word that was given tonight. We thank you, Lord, for this Bible study and we pray, God, that you take us from our immature state um, in our relationship and also in you, that God, you will mature us and grow us to be more and more like you and not only in our relationship but also in you. God, we ask, Lord, that you watch over us and that you protect us and you bring us back safely Sunday morning at 10 a.m. 10 for Sunday school, 11 o'clock worship. And God, we give you praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.